0: Welcome to the IAH Podcast, where we profile fellows of the Institute for the Arts and Humanities here at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. I'm Philip Hollingsworth, coordinator for faculty programs. In this episode, communication specialist Melissa Clay speaks with Anna Hayes, president of the Crooks Corner Book Prize Foundation, and Kim Church, winner of the 2015 Crooks Corner Book Prize for her debut novel, Bird. In the first conversation of this episode... Anna Hayes discusses her passion for literature leading to the foundation of the Crooks Corner Book Prize. Second, we hear Kim Church speak about the prize, its impact on her readership, and the books that influenced her worldview and literary career. She also reads an excerpt from her novel.
1: Tell us, Anna Hayes, tell us about the Crooks Corner Book Prize and how it started. The
2: Crook's Corner Book Prize sort of sprang into existence um, without my knowing it was going to. Um, I have, over time, spent a lot of time in France mm-hmm. and um, have always just loved the café culture there and the way that's such a big part of people's lives, and in particular what they call the literary cafés, which historically were where, you know, Writers would go and spend the day, it was uh, still to some extent you can have your office at the cafe and meet your friends there and write Mm -hmm. entire books there and whatever. And so beginning in about the 1930s, a couple of these famous literary cafes um, began offering very prestigious book prizes and a number of them do even now today. And I just thought that was a wonderful intersection of, you know, the literary life and cafe life, food for the brain, food for the mind, food for the body. And um, I would come home and just natter on about this to my friends, and they got really tired of hearing about it. (laughs) And finally they said, no, okay, stop. We're going to do it. And I said, okay. <laughs> and we actually formed a little committee, and we began to think it through, and we talked about it, and we said, well, what kind of prize would we would we be interested in doing? And we said, well, what kind of writer has the toughest time? And we thought, well, probably... A writer who has just published his or her first novel, because mm-hmm. even getting a first novel published is so so difficult, and then to get any attention is really really hard, mm-hmm. especially nowadays. So we said, okay, fine, we'll we'll have a prize for a first novel, and then we thought, well, we can't possibly manage, you know, every first novel that's published every year in the United States, and so we narrowed it down after some thought to a debut novel set in the American South. And so then we said, all right, who's going to be our restaurant? (laughs) Yes. And the obvious answer was Crooks Corner.
1: And why is that?
2: Because Crooks is an iconic southern restaurant with a long history and tradition of, you know, artistic participation. Book writing chefs, Bill Neal, who was one of the founders, was a uh, well-known author. And Bill Smith, who's a current chef, has also published a number of books. They're both writers. And, you know, it's just kind of a writer-artist-musician hangout and always has been. Mm -hmm. And so we approached uh, Gene Hamer and Bill Smith at uh, Crooks, and they caught into the idea right off and have been a wonderful partner and have really – they have made this prize their own. Mm -hmm. And so they have – and, and Bill Smith says, when he travels around the country, you know people know about it, and so it's it's been um, it's been good for them. And 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 we've meanwhile managed to produce this book prize, which is about to we're about to award our fourth annual prize. And what is the date for that? That will be January 16th, mm-hmm. coming up. And there'll be a big party at Crooks for invited guests, mm-hmm. and um, we. We're keeping the name of the winner secret. I know, but I'm not going to tell you. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And what is the prize?
2: The prize is this year will go from $1,000 to Mm $5,000. And on top of that, we stole an idea from one of the famous French literary cafes, Le Fleur. Um, So in addition to their monetary prize, they offer the winner a glass of wine every day for the year of their prize, oh. and so <laughs> Crooks will, will give our winner a free glass of wine every day during his or her year. It's it's actually, you know, attracted a fair amount of attention in the wider world, and we've been very pleased.
1: Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. And we, uh, here at the IAH, um, we hosted the uh, Emerging Writers Cafe, which featured past winner and publishers and Talk a little bit about how that event was conceived.
2: Well, I don't know how that event was conceived. (laughs) That was a total surprise to me and such a welcome one. It was wonderful. Um, I believe that um, some folks that are close to the IAH were chatting with some of your people and were just about the Crook's Corner Book Prize. I do not know why. Then serving director said, well, why don't we do something for the community? Mm -hmm. And so... Your wonderful creative team over here came up with the idea of this French cafe evening, which we would have a panel with one of our former winners and some other writers and a director of marketing at Algonquin Books. So we Invited people to come. We had, what, about, I don't know, 25 people or something yes. like that, mm-hmm. um, all of whom seemed to be aspiring writers in the community mm-hmm. working on their first novels. So they got a chance to ask the panel questions about the writing process, the publishing process, the marketing process. Um, and we got lots of nice things to eat and drink. And mm-hmm. the room was made up to look like a, a French cafe with round tables and tablecloths and flowers. Mm-hmm. And it was just delightful. And I think, I think people enjoyed it and found it very informative. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Now we will hear Melissa's conversation with Kim Church on her novel Bird and the challenges of being a fiction writer with a law practice.
1: are the winner of the Crook's Corner Book Prize in 2015 for the book Bird. Tell us about your book.
3: Bird is the story of Addie Lockwood, a woman who, in her 30s, uh, she's an independent single woman. She has an unplanned pregnancy and decides on her own to give her baby up for adoption and keeps this a secret from everyone, including the baby's father, mm-hmm. without appreciating the effects this is going to have
1: on everyone,
3: most of all her.
1: The Crook's Corner Book Prize is awarded to a debut novel set in the South. What element of your book is is set in the South?
3: Most of the book is set in the South. Addie and the uh, baby's birth father are uh, from North Carolina. They grow up together in a small Piedmont town called Carswell. And Addie uh, lives in North Carolina her whole life. The baby's father moves to the West Coast. So there are some other settings in the book. There's California, there's Nevada, there's Arizona, a few places West. But for the most part, the book is set in North Carolina. Addie goes to school in Greensboro and then ends up buying a bookstore in Raleigh.
1: One of the ways that this story is told is through letters that Eddie writes to Bird, and I wanted to ask you if you could read one of the first letters from the very beginning of the book.
3: Yes, and this is not the first letter that Eddie writes (laughs) to Bird, but it does open the book. Dear Bird, this is how I told your father. We climbed up on his roof. We could see the ocean, wrinkles of light in the distance. I was wearing a billowy cotton skirt. I wanted to look soft, unthreatening, unselfconsciously pretty. I wanted your father to love me. My legs were pale, not used to sun in winter. I had painted my toenails lavender. I wanted him to be a little sorry he hadn't loved me all along. The roof of his apartment was flat, asphalt, all grit and sparkle. He was glad to see me, he said. He didn't ask why I'd come back. He unfolded an orange blanket from his sofa bed, and we laid out our picnic. Smoothies, crinkle-cut fries from his favorite stand on the beach, canned peaches from his kitchen, and barbecue I'd brought from home, packed on dry ice. So much food, I had to make myself eat. I chewed slowly, counting each bite the way you're supposed to, though I couldn't remember how high to count. A warm breeze ruffled my skirt. Your father offered to spike my smoothie, but I covered my cup with my hand. I wish I could tell you we were young, inexperienced, not yet grown-ups or ready to be. That's the story you're expecting, isn't it? We were 32. We'd grown up together. Everything about the afternoon, our picnic, the roof, the sun, the salty air, your father's pilled orange blanket, him sitting close and warm beside me, had been coming all our lives. After we'd eaten, when I couldn't put it off any longer, I told him my news, the news I had carried across the country to deliver in person. I thought if I could see him when I told him, I would know what to do. I was delicate, telling him, artful as I'd practiced, so artful he didn't understand at first what I was saying. He blinked like the sun was hurting his eyes, the big white California sun, dazzling, warm, even in February.
1: So tell me about your winning the Crook's Corner book prize. You were the second winner, I believe.
3: I was, after Wiley Cash, who won the first year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that in itself was an honor because I think a lot of Wiley. Um, oh it was a it was a wonderful validation and recognition and um, and just um, it felt like the arms of home just opening wide and and encircling me. It, the Crooks Corner Prize is awarded fairly early in the prize cycle, so mm-hmm. my book came out in uh, March of two, 2014, and the prize was awarded in January of 2015. And most prizes would have been and were awarded later than mm-hmm. that. So this was also an early prize. And I think that was important because it's it, any kind of prize attention causes a book to get more attention mm-hmm. from booksellers, from readers, from reviewers. And I think that really did... The book had been long listed for a big national prize in the fall, but Crook's Corner was the first one that it won. And um, it just really did open up a lot of doors, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that a lot of readers told me that they picked up the book because it had won mm-hmm. the prize. Right. So, um, you know, what what more can you ask?
1: Right. And it's so important, especially for a debut novel, right? That, yes. Um, would, there's so many new and emerging writers uh, coming out. And how do you curate and find out who they are and why one would read a book. And so the prize really sort of kicks that author and their book out into the spotlight.
3: It really does. And I think that, um, yes, as you you say, as a debut author – You know, there's a lot of competition, I guess, for attention. But also, as a debut author, as I am, I'm not affiliated with an MFA program. I've practiced law for 30-some years. Mm -hmm. And I don't quite know how to say this, but people's expectations of the first novel from a a trial lawyer (laughs) – are really different than they <laughs> than they would be from, let's say, someone who's coming out of of uh, graduate school sure. um, who's who's got an MFA. Um, I I do think that a lot of people think that you know lawyers who who write on the side must be dilettantes. So I do think that the expectations are different, and I think that winning a literary prize and getting that sort of literary stamp on your book really goes a long way toward overcoming what I perceive to be a, a kind of a strange preconception, I mm-hmm. guess, about lawyers who write. Yes.
1: <laughs> you were a participant in our Emerging Writers Cafe that we had earlier this month, and a lot of the questions from all of our guests centered around advice to writers. What's some advice you would give to emerging writers?
3: Well, f- first advice always is to persist, just to, you know, fund your writing practice and and keep at it and try not to be discouraged. Things take a long time or can take a long time. And if they don't take a long time, I don't want to know about it. (laughs) (laughs) For me they take a long time. The other thing I would say is to just write a lot, write as much as you can without worrying too much about whether it's perfect or publishable or anything. Just Write, and I think you have to figure out what your process is as a writer. Mm -hmm. People work differently, Um, and this was one of the things that came up at the cafe. You know, some people have a word count that they like to achieve every day. I've never been one of those writers. Mm -hmm. It's a question of figuring out what works for you and then learning to trust that process, especially if you're working on a longer project. I began writing poems years ago. Mm-hmm. And then in my 30s, I started to write short stories. And so writing a novel felt like a real stretch for me. And it was really daunting. And it was, I think, one of the hardest things for me was to live with the mess of it for so long, because mm-hmm. it really is a mess for a long time. And it takes a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of revision. So, mm-hmm. But I think it is a question of learning to trust your your own process and figuring out that it will get you there eventually.
1: And as an author, I I want to ask you, we ask everyone um, on our podcast, what is a book that changed your life?
3: Changed my life in terms of writing or changed my life in terms of the rest of my life? (laughs) However
1: you want to answer that
3: question. Um, Okay, so I'll answer for writing. I had never considered writing fiction. I always wanted to write, and I wrote poetry when I was young, most of it pretty bad. But I um, I did not consider writing fiction. Into, I, I wanted to write. I wrote songs. I wrote in a journal. Of course, I did lots of writing for work. But I read a book of stories by Raymond Carver, and I had not studied Carver. I hadn't as I say, I hadn't been to grad school, and I think he was sort of the rage in mm-hmm. in the 80s, but I, hadn't, I wasn't familiar with him. But I read um, a book of his stories, and I had never thought I had the material for fiction. And when I read his stories, I realized, oh, yeah, you know, I know these characters, and I liked the cleanness and the spareness of his language uh, related to his characters. There was something in Carver that gave me permission to write, and— uh, the other thing that happened at the same time was I lost my father he was He was very young when he died and um, and it was one of those life is short moments for me and so and I read Carver i guess within the year after my father died and once I read my first book of his stories, I read everything he'd written. And and then I just started writing my own stories and taking classes and working with writing groups and, and took it from there. So in terms of – and, I, you know, I can't go back and read Carver now. It, it doesn't have the same impact on me. Interesting. I probably know too much about his life. You know, I read the wonderful biography that came out a few years ago. And so it just – I, I don't approach it in the same way. But he did – open that door for me, Mm -hmm. I would say. So that's certainly a writer who influenced me, uh, changed my life. But then, you know, as a young person, I mean, I read a lot of books that shaped the way I think about the world. Mm -hmm. Joan Baez wrote a book called Daybreak, which I don't necessarily recommend as great literature, but it really taught me about pacifism and civil disobedience and nonviolence. In Cold Blood, totally shaped my view of the death penalty. I mean, there are a number of books like that that really shaped my world and moral and political views, I would say.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been a wonderful interview. Thank you for coming.
3: Thank you for having me. It's really nice to be here and see you and be on campus when it's all cold and it smells like...
0: Leaves and winter. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a quieter time. Check back at ieh.unc.edu for the latest news on our fellows and upcoming events at Hyde Hall. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on our website as well as iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at IEH